0: Hey there, travelers. I'm Joshua. And I'm Coley. And we're the hosts of the Traveling Families Podcast.
1: We're a traveling family exploring the country as full time RVers with our twin sons and dog on an indefinite road trip.
0: The Traveling Families Podcast is an interview show where we talk with other parents about their opinions, perspectives, and experiences in many of the areas that make up a traveling lifestyle.
1: So pour a drink and join us as we dive into the details of one family's journey.
0: Cool. All right, Regina and Derek, welcome to the Traveling Families Podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you. Tell us a little about yourselves and your family, what your makeup is, who you're traveling with, and what you're traveling in.
2: Okay, so we are a family of five currently traveling with our Grand Design Momentum fifth wheel. We converted the toy hauler over to the kid's bedroom, and we also have a toy in there for dad he has got a custom-built golf cart that we take around with us. It's all uh, what sort I'm looking for. Jacked up <laughs> on a six inch lift, which has actually been a lot of fun. It was one of those purchases where I was like, I don't know if we're going to use this thing, but it's been amazing for the laundry room. I'm not going to lie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've spent many of afternoons walking a laundry basket to, to the laundry room when Coley and the boys are out doing something with the truck.
3: Oh, and it, it is a lot of fun. It's lifted. It's got a light kit and I may or may not try and spin through rocks when we're coming back and forth, (laughs) leave some uh, tire treads with the speaker. You hear me coming. It looks like a giant gator football helmet coming at you. Lots of looks, but it opens up a lot of conversations with the neighbors.
2: It does. (laughs) It's a good conversation piece.
0: So it's all Florida gator out? Yes,
3: sir. Do you look at what a a football helmet looks like, custom seats, and basically orange with the stripes straight down the middle. So (laughs) custom to me. Never seen one like it. I'm sure there's many, but... It's what I wanted. Yeah. But I got it.
0: So what you're telling me is you need to be the next host of Pimp Your Golf Cart RV edition.
3: That would be uh yeah, I could do that. I've been <laughs> we had some issues here or there, some little hiccups since it was completely custom, but we figured it all out. So yeah, I think I could probably do that at this point.
2: Oh, oh my nice. gosh. Yeah, I mean, own, owning an RV, you become an RV tech overnight. <laughs> and I feel like owning toys like that, you quickly learn to use resources on how to fix things.
0: <laughs> nice. How long have you guys been traveling? How long have you been on the road?
3: You want to be technical full-time would be from October of 2021. However, we've been traveling month on, couple of weeks home, month on, couple of weeks home for the last two years. So we kind of like to say we've been doing it for two years because honestly it was a 50-50 split.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And then we just finally sold the house and full-time, full-time. And I'm sure that makes sense to a lot of people
1: that do that. Yeah. That's awesome. And jumping back to earlier, you said there's a family of five. Could you break that down a little bit? I know, obviously, there's yourself, Derek, and Regina. But what's the other three makeup? Ages, kids, furries?
2: Oh, yeah, sure. So, yeah, we travel with our um, family of 5 We've got myself, Regina, hey, and my husband, Derek. And then we have our eight-year-old triplet and the newest member of the family at Quill. So I guess we're technically now a family of six. Our little puppy has joined us.
0: So what's your why? Why did you guys start traveling? What got you into the traveling lifestyle and making full-time RVing something that you wanted to take your family out and do?
3: I'd say it's multifaceted, to be completely honest with you. Regina and I, we had the kids down in Florida, lived in South Florida with my in-laws and her sister. I was able to take a job opportunity up in Nashville in February of 2017. So we moved away from not only my family in Florida, but Regina's family in South Florida. They had always talked about going full time in an RV. I used to be very jaded and said, I'll believe it when I see it. I would say about a year after we moved to Nashville, not only did her sister follow us, but so did her parents. And within a month of moving to Nashville, her parents went ahead and bought a Grand Design bunkhouse. But the trip was used to go visit them. And it was a little reprieve for Regina and I. Then it turned into where we would go stay with her parents, which then turned into us then purchasing a a tongue pull. And then a weekend trip then turned into week-long trips, turned into (laughs) weeks-long trips, turned into month-long trips. The market went crazy. We were living in the Nashville area and then just on a whim had a discussion saying, what if we put the house up? What's your number? We gave a number to a realtor just for shits and giggles. And uh, this is this is adult time.
2: Uh, so yes, you are allowed.
3: We got a number well above what we wanted. Yeah. And it was one of those, well, we're going to do this. But we had, so when I said before, it was in October of 2021. We still had the the tongue pull. And Regina and I had made an agreement. We were going to try and find a fifth wheel. Um, if I rewound just a couple moments here, we purchased our F-350 Dually, which was one of the big steps into traveling full-time, getting that fifth wheel.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely making sure that you have a tow vehicle that makes you feel safe out there on the road. We have way too much truck for what we do, but making sure that you have that stability and that power to pull your house behind you and just giving you that confidence out there on the road was such a huge thing for us. And when we found that truck, it was kind of like everything just kind of fell into place.
3: And then when we made an agreement to buy a toy hauler in January, we were going to just travel around with the tongue pull Gina just happened to come across the Grand Design Momentum where she reached out to the individual. I don't know how these things work, but he basically talked to Regina, I guess really liked her as a person, and said, <laughs> this is yours. And we got super lucky because he basically said, "We, I just want to be paid off on my loan. And looking at the amounts that they're going for now, we it, everything just fell into place. Yeah. That was within two weeks of us going We're officially full time. Yeah. So when you say what got us into it, it was, and of course, I mean, everybody's been dealing with it. I mean, if if it hadn't been for COVID, which maybe some people may or may not agree with that, I don't think I'd be doing it. That Mm -hmm. is an honest, because I was a nine to fiver, desk Mm -hmm. job, wake up, take the kids to school, go to to work, pick the kids up, rinse, repeat five days a week. We might do something on the weekend, sporting events, things like that. I
2: think that would be one of the main reasons why I enjoy this life, though. It really pushed us out of that grind. Yep. And once we got into those big, long trips we were talking about where we were gone forever, the second we walked back into the house, you know, sticks and bricks, as we like to call it, it was kind of almost like this anxiety took over. And it was like, oh, my gosh, we have family events to do. We have to be here. We have to go there. We have to go to the grocery store. You know, we've got to see these friends. we got to do this. Then it became overwhelming. Yeah. And if you're out on the road, it's more kind of about you and your family and the community around you that you've built it kind of understands that lifestyle of just I don't want to say freedom if that's the right word but yeah freedom and flexibility to just kind of go and be and do you want to go on a hike today or do you just want to chill and it's more laid back and relaxed and I think that's what kind of drawed me to it and the kids were so much more worn out <laughs> on a daily basis mm-hmm. you know after a good day at the, playing with other camp friends or going on a long hike being able to go see places that You know, if you just go for a weekend in a hotel room, you're not really getting to experience the area. But if you've got your home with you or you've got your trailer, you can spend more time there. and You don't feel as rushed to go and see every little thing. And you can always come back, right? I think that's the beauty of it. If you miss something, that's okay. You can always plan a trip to come back.
1: Absolutely. Now, Derek, you said something about like how without COVID you wouldn't be doing this. Did COVID cause your regular 9 to 5 to go? um... remote? Thank you. What? Exactly.
3: The company that I work for, well, just they originally indicated that there were no work from home individuals. And then within two weeks of COVID, 98% of our workforce went home. Eating crow. Yeah. You no, know, the people that stayed in the office would have been individuals working within IT mm-hmm. and some of the mailroom individuals, and they were on a... You know, obviously case by case, but we sent 98% of our workforce home. I'm in a managerial position where I have employees that are working for me. And so it was difficult. I mean, that's an obvious answer. It was difficult to get used to it, but I had had some work from home experience before, so it was very easy for me. But we started to notice that basically individuals had better work ethic. They weren't as burnt out. We could come and go as you please, as long as you got your work done each day managers such as myself were happy. Mm -hmm. And then the, I say the powers of beer, the higher ups started going, we own six buildings. Why do we own six buildings? Let's start cutting back, which then enabled us to, as within a company, grow even bigger, get better incentives, things along those lines. So yes, I'm still working remote. My, my boss lives vicariously through me (laughs) is as she stated and Gina said before she can't give up the bricks the sticks and bricks no but she wants to know where I am at any given moment Mm -hmm. and that's just another thing that's fallen into place for our family where she's a great friend of mine but she also acknowledges that I'm doing this for my family and appreciates that I don't I don't have a requirement and with me moving through time zones I just make sure my team's doing what they need to do and then my job gets done. I have a lot ease of work. Yeah. If that, if that rings true. Mm-hmm. But yes, I, I have no plans of ever going back to the office. If I can. <laughs> well,
2: absolutely. I don't think I know how to function.
3: And also, I mean, I'm, I'm not the youngest individual in the world. I might sound like it. I don't know, but I remember growing up with, you know, spending time with your family, The street lights came on, things like that. And then when I said before the grind, there wasn't a lot of family time. Now, sometimes I'm forced into more family time than I think any parent would want to be in. You just want <laughs> them to leave. But I'm seeing my kids grow up. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Oh, you don't just a snap, You don't just snap your fingers and they're a year older. It's, yeah. I could sit here and tell you what we did for the past 12 months, even though the year might have gone fast. It's to start listing off what we've done. I may not have done that in 30 plus years. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so there's my why.
0: and what industry are you in what are you a manager of
3: i'm within auto insurance so i deal with claims adjusters things on those lines teaching adjusters how to work specific avenues i'm not going to go all into it but i teach them how to do things and then try and promote out so the particular position i've been in for the last six years i promote my individuals as i say from the minors to the majors and i'm just a feeder system for our company To bring in good talent. So by us working remotely, that's opened up all 48 continental, the states within the continent. So no Alaska or Hawaii, because those time zones get really crazy. But (laughs) we have a plethora of employees that can work for me in different states that do not have to be centralized to an office. So it's been a great opportunity. All right,
1: cool. Absolutely. Definitely opening up the aperture. Thinks I mean, the silver lining of the pandemic is that companies realize like, hey, and then employees realize like, hey, I, I may want to work for you, but I don't want to be near you, <laughs> like your company, wherever it's like set up. So that makes a lot of sense. But I know with traveling comes some headaches. So how do you guys handle things like healthcare while traveling or, you know, dentist or any of the, the things that just
2: happen annually or as come? So we try and make it back to the Tennessee area where our home base is with our family. Um, and I kind of plan out all of our wellness checks, our dentists, all those like annual things that you need to take care of. I plan those all out within our, what's the word I'm looking for? Our About. route plans? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I plan that all out. We, <laughs> we are by our old house which is kind of strange and I have everything there all lined up. We are going Monday through Friday, doctors, dentists, the whole nine yards. We have been very blessed though out on the road to not need to use our healthcare. Um, So I wouldn't be able to really touch on that as far as being out on the road.
1: No worries. It's nice to have that home base. We're trying to set one up for ourselves and try to get on that schedule, like just planning it throughout our routes. Speaking of routes, how do you guys plan your routes and locations? Like what's the guidepost?
2: Oh my gosh. So I like to say that we live the squirrel life. I will sit there and plan us out. For <laughs> you need a solid... T-shirt. I do. I totally do. I will sit there and plan us out for like a very loose six months, right? So here's where we kind of want to be. This is what we want to do, but nothing's really booked. I don't put anything on a you know a booking for more than forty five days, and. Once we get through, you know, 15, 30 days, I'll book another 45 days. I don't know if it's just the freedom and the flexibility of it all, but I, I just we we get places and we fall in love and we want to stay longer. And uh that, that happened to us in Bryce Canyon. We were able to add on extra days and just kind of shift everything. And it can be stressful for some there, you know, to not know where you're gonna be in the next 60 days. But I honestly I love living this world life. I don't know about you, Derek. <laughs>
3: It has its ebbs and flows if you're looking for an honest answer. There <laughs> I mean, we had a we had a route, I don't know, maybe a month ago that we weren't I mean, we're currently in Idaho. We were not going to be going back into California, Oregon, Washington. Right. We were going to be trying to do Montana, Wyoming, and all that. Well, when you start to kind of watch weather patterns and things maybe along those lines or talking to people at different campgrounds saying, Are you going here? Have you gone there? We completely blew our calendar up.
2: Yeah, we did. And then,
3: I mean, more power to her, but Regina went to work to find us places with gaps and then filling those gaps. And then she's got some reservations that may overlap. So then she's moving things. We've met some individuals at some of these places where I feel like, well, Regina is on a first name basis with them, but they pretty much know everything we're doing or everything about us because Gina's called so many times to make a reservation or move or ask for what kind of amenities. Yeah. So when I say it ebbs and flows, sometimes I'm set. She's got the calendar set to me within my email or my calendar email. And the next thing you know,
2: you get an alert, everything's <laughs> missing.
3: And here we go. So when I said we weren't going to be going to these states, we are now. We're going back into Northern yeah, California. We're... <laughs> we're going to Oregon. We're going to Washington. We are currently chasing spring. So we, what oh, we yes. think is going to happen is we may not have a true summer, which it's been ridiculous when we're in either Florida or Tennessee. Right. You know, we gave up a lot of our, I guess, cold weather clothes. And some of these areas we're going to, it's 91 day. And the next day it's a freeze warning. So yeah. mm-hmm. we are kind of, we're chasing spring. And I'm,
2: and I I'm nothing I'm, a goodwill can't
3: solve. It. I have a lot of pictures with the same sweatshirt. I can tell you that.
0: <laughs> mm. So a few more tactical questions. What are you guys doing to connect to the internet?
2: Ooh, so we started our adventure out with what do you call that thing, the MiFi?
3: Yes, a Verizon MiFi. Yeah, we
2: started with a Verizon MiFi and capped out at 30 gigs, and we were like, whatever, we'll make it work, because Derek needed it for work. We weren't streaming anything along those lines, and then we met some um, now family friends in Texas that use the T-Mobile home internet, and we use that out on the road, and we have only run into problems at the Grand Canyon, and currently where we are in Idaho. Outside of that. We're just making it work. I know there's some other options out there, but we absolutely love the T-Mobile internet. I mean, running 11 devices on there with no problems, we're in.
0: Yeah. That is one of the tools in our arsenal as well.
3: I have both. I still, so if we're traveling around, I can take the MiFi with me because obviously right. I can't take the T-Mobile tower, but it's supplements if needed. If For I $50 might be a needed.
2: month, I mean, you can't beat that hmm yeah. And if you know, if we get cut off, we get cut off. It's fine. We'll just buy another one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so, another tactical question: What are you guys doing for your full-time insurance? Because that's always a big question.
2: Who is our insurance through?
1: Direct General, I believe.
2: No, National
3: General. National General. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. With me working in insurance and so many names, I'm like, I know, I'm right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's National General.
2: Yeah. National so our General. full yeah our full-time insurance is through National General. And then we do progressive on the truck. We did look at bundling, and surprisingly, it was more expensive. And I've been with them for 20 plus years.
4: Hmm. That is surprising.
2: Isn't it? <laughs> isn't the whole point of bundling to like... Or <laughs> well, that's thing. what Flo says in her commercials: that's bundle and Flo save. Says. And I was a little disappointed. <laughs> you need to tweet that girl and let her know. I should actually call her out. You know, twenty. gosh, I've been with them 22, 23 years. Mm. And we were shocked. It was better to us... To split, have, to split them.
0: Yeah. Interesting. What about mail? What are you guys doing for mailing address?
2: We have a PO box back in Tennessee that we use for just kind of the random life mail. And then if we need anything that is super, super important, like our passports, <laughs> we mail those either to my in-laws in Florida or my parents in Tennessee.
3: But I'd say majority of the mail that we would receive
2: is all, is electronic. all electronic.
3: So I control... Bills and whatnot through my email or online. Right. Generally speaking, the majority of the mail that we ever received was junk mail.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. And also being in Tennessee, our plates and our license, um, well, our license are good through another two or three years on them. So we don't have to worry about that. But our plates, we had just renewed right before we sold the house. So we're still registered on that address. And that'll be something that we have to cross that bridge this this fall. Hopefully that goes smoothly for you. What about... Yes.
1: Handling like homeschool for your triplets. We supposed to be doing that? Oh my gosh. Hey, you know what? Some people embrace this lifestyle and do the, like a complete unschool. And I wish I had that kind of a, I don't know what comfort level with that, but we're kind of in like, yeah. Limbo. Yeah. We do a potpourri.
2: In (laughs) limbo.
1: No, we we take it as much as advantage of the traveling as possible but the question was towards you since i don't know that Derek knows this but Regina i know you're probably doing something
2: <laughs> i am we um so i went into this like gung ho i was going to be this pinterest homeschool mom and you know every single category every single thing every single day we were going to get it all done and i totally rocked that for a solid six weeks and then we got on the other side of it and it was like okay wait we're homeschooling for a reason (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know we wanted the freedom and we wanted the freedom to be where we were and i think we were in what's where does the rocket take off in florida oh i mean port canaveral oh yeah port canaveral and i was able to take our whole science curriculum and for two and a half weeks, we learned about rockets and we learned about planets in space. And then we went and watched the rocket take off and having that moment to share with my kids and watch that rocket take off and them understand that it was going through all the different levels of the atmosphere and having that tangible moment for them to wrap their little brains around was super emotional for me, honestly. <laughs> but we do have a curriculum. We just kind of, we poke around. <laughs> we, <laughs> as long as math and Math, spelling, language arts are getting done on a daily basis. I'm a happy camper. Otherwise, they're reading or doing... We have a math app that we love called Prodigy that they will sit there and play for hours on end. And I'm totally okay with that because it's completely educational. Have fun.
1: That's awesome. I'm writing that down. No, Josh is writing that down. But we will be looking into this. No, we feel very similarly about those basic core subjects and then taking advantage of the world around us. I mean, isn't that one of the reasons we hit the road and with our kids and want to explore and we don't just want to sit in our trailer and say, Oh, we're in Washington or we're in Florida or we're in Idaho. Let's liter- exactly. learn about it in this book. <laughs> exactly. No I mean,
2: it. I think it's also really cool with all the all the national parks that we've been able to hit too. I mean, you've got all those opportunities to sit there and learn about what that environment is, the ecosystems, the animals, the plants. I mean, it, you could just go on and on and on. <laughs>
3: and referencing the national parks or state parks or whatever it may be i mean these kids have junior ranger badges so many parks (laughs) and i mean one thing they're learning which is fantastic but a lot of the times are they don't realize they're learning Mm -hmm. the way the books are set up they see this is really neat or this is pretty cool i'm going to color this i'm going to draw this they'll tell me things that i don't even know or mm-hmm. That I don't recall learning. If I did.
2: Oh, what was that one animal that yelled at us? That we got it wrong. I said it was a chipmunk, but it was something else. A ground squirrel. Oh, a well, ground squirrel. Yes, I was corrected very quickly that it was not a chipmunk <laughs> and that it was a ground squirrel. And then they showed me a picture in the Junior Ranger book, and I said, "I am so sorry."
3: But that, <laughs> but it's exactly that. It's it's not just book learning. Yeah. It's no right. Application. Right. They're out there, and they that's this. Dad, that's that. Hey, mom, did you see this? Yeah. Dad. I mean, it's incredible. And then they're collecting these pins. So to them, it's a fun game where maybe in a couple of years they'll go, Oh, we see what you were doing there. <laughs> yeah. But in the same regard, I'm over here with my
1: book, you know, looking at the same stuff. So,
3: yeah. That's
4: definitely...
1: No, I can completely relate. I remember we were down in big bend and we were doing the generator program. And I was like, I was learning left and right with like the names of the cactus and like (laughs) all the different ways that the cactus could be used. And yeah, it was just, it's super interesting.
0: So then being on the road away from your home base in Tennessee, how have you guys found to stay connected with friends and family when you're not physically there? And then also meeting new people on the road, what have you found to stay connected with new friends?
2: Okay, loaded question. Part one, family. Um, my mom is very much mom 2.0 to my babies, and she had a very hard time with us getting out on the road. So we make sure that every Sunday we have a family call on the iPad, and they get to you know hang out for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, however long they want. Everyone catches up, and sometimes they're the most productive conversations, and other times they're my mom getting motion sickness because the kids are walking everywhere, showing her all the things. <laughs> 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 um and then, you know, thanks to social media, it's been a really great way to also just send a quick, you know, text message to a friend and say, hey, I'm checking in. How are things going with you? Trying to keep that relationship alive back in Tennessee. But I think that we've also kind of found that, I don't know, those connections that you thought were what you originally wanted just don't align with where you are now. And meeting people out on the road that share that like-mindedness, has really just kind of hit home for me personally. When we meet someone out on the road and it's just kind of that one moment where you look in each other's eyes and fireworks go off, it's more of like a, hey, can we exchange phone numbers and let's stay in touch? And we have been very thankful to be able to meet up with people again over and over out on the road and our friends being our, our friends, our kids being able to say, you know, oh, my gosh, we're going to see Kelsey and Brett. I'm so excited. Or we're going to meet up with the Raber family again. I can't wait to see them. And they have something to look forward to in that next destination. But mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, texting and social media is the best way for us to keep in touch.
0: So what's something that you guys miss from living in a sticks and bricks?
2: Privacy.
1: <laughs> That's actually a great Lead into a follow up question. How do you maintain an intimate relationship with your partner while you're out on the road?
2: <laughs> okay, so, we actually have a, a funny story about that one. <laughs> we, so privacy is a really big thing, especially having eight year olds, having, t- you know, two girls and a boy. Mm-hmm. We just recently started talking a lot about privacy and um, shower times have changed for us and how that all works. So, when we moved into our fifth wheel, we got a lock for the door. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we also put up a curtain right at the top of the stairs. And we've communicated to the kids, if the curtain is closed, that is a private moment. Whatever's happening on the other side of that curtain, whether it's a shower, it's the bathroom, whatever it may be, the curtain's closed. (laughs) And that has just been our way of drawing the line. So far, so far, we've been okay in that realm. If you will,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and there's always the, the the yeah taking advantage of a good windstorm that comes through, right?
4: Yeah, <laughs> the
0: benefit of living in a house that is never entirely stable.
2: Exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. I like you can how... do your best, but it's never completely stable. I know.
2: Was it, was it you guys that made that TikTok, or was it someone else? No, it was you guys with the North to South movement. <laughs>
0: Depending on how your slide in your master bedroom goes, there's a technique of going with the trailer to reduce the side-to-side movement.
2: Always. North to south. Best piece of advice I can give.
0: (laughs) We lucked out. Our trailer, we lay parallel to the frame of the trailer, but I definitely know when you have a a bed that's perpendicular, it makes it a bit more difficult. Have you guys figured out any ways to have date nights while on the road obviously when you're in tennessee i can only assume babysitters and or family were there you said the kids were going over with the grandparents rv that's got to be a lot more difficult now that it's just the five of you traveling without that support network have you found any ways to to incorporate any sort of date nights into your routine whether it's yeah i'm not going to lead to the question but have you found anything that works
3: sure as gina was just was speaking about previously we met friends on the road where we've done, I don't know if you would call it like a, we will stay home with their children while they go on a date night and then they'll do the same for us. We've got some good friends where, cause there's obviously a trust. I mean, yeah. you've got to meet some individuals that you're more comfortable with. Sometimes we could have an impromptu date night without realizing it when our kids are next door at someone's camper yes. and don't come back for three hours. <laughs> And next thing you know, we've had a quiet dinner, watched a movie, and yeah. we're none the wiser, right? Yes. I mean, but the biggest thing for—I mean, and you you hit it spot on. It, I mean, it, we don't have the ability just to say, because our kids are not old enough, like, hey, we're going to go out for a couple hours, and we'll be back. We've had—we were in one location where it seemed like a commune—I don't know if that's the right way to say it— where there was just a lot of families together by a fire. They were—would have been like, what, one, one road over, but when I say one road over, we could see the trailer— they had gotten long-range walkie-talkies, so we tested out when they were watching a movie, as they would do on any given like Friday night. Let's say, what's the difference between me sitting on the couch or sitting fifty feet outside the window? Yeah. Now, of course, these kids checked in like every moment that there was, <laughs> so it kind of was fun. But so to answer your question, it has been few and far between. But for the most part, it's if we're on the road and we meet up with some friends, we take full just, advantage. There's an unknown agreement where. <laughs> we'll watch yours and you watch ours and you don't even really have to ask for it. It kind of just, you know, it's like, Hey, you'll, you'll suggest it to the other party as opposed to asking. Right. It's, it's a big family out there. It 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 might sound cheesy, but it kind of works out that way. Now, obviously anytime we're back in the Nashville area or the Florida area by my parents, full blown are we leaving those kids with the parents and we'll just disappear <laughs> oh
2: yeah for a couple of days
3: <laughs> i was able to surprise gina for her birthday back in january where my parents took the kids for the weekend and we were able to get away and like every pair that has kids i think we were in bed by nine o'clock
1: Yep. <laughs> uh, isn't that the worst like that, you have this time to yourself you don't have to worry yeah. about bedtime and you're like looking at each other like yeah i can't Are oh, you yeah, that anymore. was actually
2: really funny we were at the restaurant and he was like, I've got two more places that I want to take you. And I was like, I really just want to go home. I just want to be in a bed. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: But I think it's also important to point out, like, that's a really good time for the grandparents and the grandkids too. And it's not, we, I think as parents, we always think about, oh, it's a, it's a break for us. But I think it's also really good both for the, our parents and for our kids to have time without us there. Because having those oh, different inputs is super beneficial to their growing into well-rounded people.
3: 100% agree.
0: So how long do you guys intend to travel? Is there an end date or a goal to meet?
3: I told Regina that I would do one year. That was my original. I'll go one year.
2: Official full-time.
3: Officially full-time. And I won't say anything. As in, I won't say we're moving, we're cutting it off. Right. I promised her one year. And we're now what let's say six or seven months in and now we're planning for what january spring now i know we talked about how we're not planning that far ahead but we've had so many things that we've either seen or would like to repeat or we missed and we want to go back as of right now the conversation hasn't turned into when are we going back to sticks or bricks it's gone back to if we got property here and property there, we could end up staying here if we want and then just ship out at any given moment. So, mm-hmm. me saying a year has turned into an unknown end date. Yeah. If something fell on our lap or we had the opportunity to have a home again or a home base, as Gina likes to say, we will do, we will continue to travel.
2: I think also, though, that our home and the definition of home has completely changed. You know, we came from a 2,400 square foot house on a beautiful piece of land and, you know, the white picket fence dream. And I think now when we look to do that again or have a more official home base, it won't be that large home. It'll be just more of kind of a, okay, we have roots, but also we have the road.
1: Definitely. And you made a comment about like, Oh, we could buy land here. We could buy land there. So is the aperture of where that potential home base would end up being pretty open or you just wanted to be back in the Tennessee area near your family?
2: So my heart is set on Tennessee. I am obsessed and love everything that that state has to offer. But being out on the road is actually kind of funny because you fall in love with different places and what they have to offer. <laughs> so I think still for me, it's Tennessee.
3: Now I'm still partial to the state of Florida. <laughs> so I want to go back. I'm a huge sports Guys, so I mean, I went to school in Florida. I'm a huge Tampa Lightning fan. I Disney World's in this area. I've told Gina's if I could be somewhere where an hour and a half I can go to a football game, a hockey game, Disney, or whatever it may be. That's what I'd like to do. Now finding that spot is is hard.
2: I think you'll see us in some type of hybrid situation.
3: I exactly. Now, we have really good friends in the state of Florida that their neighbor is contemplating selling their property, so if that were to go up, maybe we snag that, mm-hmm. but we're not actively looking to go back to that area, and that would be on the in the Tampa area, which is kind of where I like. Still miss the beaches, but in the same regard, I've seen some things on the road that have been absolutely gorgeous.
2: Oh so, my gosh, yeah.
3: I mean, we're in Idaho now, and Gina <laughs> joked with people the other day, but... I was looking up land values and the yeah. cost of home. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, never y'all, the
2: good. Snake River out here is insane. We were like, holy cow, there's like a whole, like, I don't know, not lake life, but water life, you know, kayaks, canoes, paddle boards, and rock climbing and trails and in the middle of Idaho. Yeah, I'll be the
3: first to say. We've, we've been to many states where I, I grew up, born in Maryland, lived in Florida for school, which you and I met in Florida. My idea of what certain states were once you left Alabama mm. or Tennessee yes, were completely off. <laughs> I'll, you know, say I was ignorant to the fact.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I I had never wanted to visit Idaho. I don't know why I'd want to come to Idaho.
2: And here we are. Now
3: I'm basically <laughs> stating, like, why did I wait so long? Yes. Yeah. You know, why did we never go to Utah? Like, Nevada. We went to Las Vegas to visit, and that was more of a just me saying, hey, I want to go to Vegas. Just go have some fun. There is so much to do that is not related to Las Vegas Strip. Yes. Right. So Mm
2: -hmm. We have told so many people don't sleep on Vegas.
3: So it's not so much a hidden secret as it is. I believe people may say, yeah, I'm not going to Las Vegas. That's not a good place for kids. You'd be surprised what's within an hour of downtown Las Vegas that
2: will change your life. I mean, gosh, Fire Fire Valley and what's Mm -hmm. the other one? Lake Mead. Correct. I mean, it's just endless out there.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of Idaho, that's where we met. And before I went to Idaho to do my last semester of an internship for my degree, I didn't know much about Idaho either. But then when we got there, Coley was volunteering as a whitewater rafting guide and we did a Hell's Canyon trip together. Oh. And uh, yeah, you're right. It's a it, It's not a, a state that a lot of people talk about, but once you're there, it's, it's pretty beautiful. And as far as like the <laughs> geography of the, the United States... It's insane how you can go from the four corners of the lower 48 and it's just entirely different and you're right oh, traveling around different. lets you get to those different those different seasons and different locations mm-hmm. you can choose like hey I don't necessarily want to be in the southwest in August but in January it's pretty nice
3: <laughs> Exactly
2: Exactly We
3: left Phoenix one day and I want to say the high was 95 Passing through Flagstaff, it had dropped 45 degrees. Yep. I mean, it's just, and you're only, what, roughly maybe two, two and a half and hours away. Two and a half hours, away. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It went from get out the tank tops and the shorts <laughs> to I hope I've got thermals and some other things <laughs> when we're walking around the Grand Canyon. So. Yeah,
2: we didn't play in the Grand Canyon very well, did we?
3: <laughs> Hence, again, why I probably have a lot of photos of the same clothes, because that's what I've got. Yeah. Uh, but, but no, you're. I mean, again, like, Arkansas, beautiful state i thought it was flat oklahoma is a beautiful state to drive through and stay in certain areas you just think there's nothing it's like mm-hmm. there's the rockies and then there's the appalachian there's nothing in between there's there's plenty that i want to go back and see on our way back yeah
0: for I mean, sure
1: the more you see the more you realize it is out there because i mean even just driving within say like a 300 mile radius of wherever you left the first time there's so much support that you're going to pass by and if you're trying to go for a destination you just realize like oh maybe we need to come back here and spend some more time
2: or yeah when we were in Texas yeah I think Texas completely defines that right there the drive on I-10 I mean that thing changes how many times Mm -hmm. the terrain itself (laughs) yeah definitely
1: uh, Not ironically, but like naively when we were planning our, you know, launch to hit full time, we're like, oh yeah, we'll do it for 12 months, a year, right? And then as it got closer, like it dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute, there's 48 states in the lower. And then wait a minute, there's only 52 weeks in a year. Like there's no way we're going to see
2: anything
1: in that time frame.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, what was your guys' original goal?
1: Uh, You know what? It was like this brainchild of a we're gonna hit the road for a year find a place to call home and put down some roots and now it's become kind of along the lines i'm hearing from you guys is like maybe we'll find a place and you know have a small you know home on it or a pull through for to park the rv or but like still go on these like long trips but we just haven't found that place yet and we're yeah so
0: we launched after coley retired from the military and that was our our jumping point is when she retired we were going to go and we've been enough places to know that we haven't found where home is yet. So we were going to mm-hmm. use RVing as a way to scout out a place to set down roots. And the more we travel, the more we realize that it's probably going to be a, a home base and not a stopping. Not that we were definitively like we're going to do twelve months and then we're going to like you know pick the spot and then stop RVing. But now that we're doing it more and more, like Holy said, you know you can circle around one area and find. 15 more things you want to see that you'd not necessarily do in this go around. And so I have to go back and come back again. Exactly. Are there any clubs or memberships that you guys have gotten into that you found beneficial on the road?
2: Yeah. Club wise, full-time families. I would say that we were two weeks into our RV adventure and I had it in my cart and I kept, you know, Debating it and debating it and debating it and finally pulled the trigger and it was one of the best things that we could have done. The chat groups alone saved me from Florida, just knowing where we could go, where we should go, who was going to be there and just kind of having the ability that whole winter in Florida to just say, hey, who wants to meet up and play, you know, because the kids needed that during that transition. They didn't really know what we were getting into and having that to fall back on was probably my saving grace and then meeting all those friends and now knowing when we're out on the road, if you see other kids, it's cool. You can go play with them. And it's really helped them build kind of that social network. That was one of our biggest concerns. And then we also have our membership with Thousand Trails that we use for our campgrounds. And I would say we probably do more of a, would you say like a 70% with them? Yeah. We're probably 70% thousand trails, and then we like to do private campgrounds and support smaller, you know, businesses, and sometimes they're in areas that we want to be, and we don't mind paying that extra nightly charge if it's outside of our membership, because it gets us where we want to go, and I think that's really all we have, right? Am I missing anyone?
3: I mean, other than being a part of, like, what, KOA Rewards, Indoor, good Sam to get you that little discount when you tell them, but... I mean, Honestly speaking, I'm not sure how many people actually check to see if you're a member of these without just saying that I actually am
2: a member of these. Oh so. know mm-hmm. we have a good thing for our RV too, though, right? The roadside The roadside one.
1: Which hopefully you never have to use, right? So what is
2: the one thing,
1: or the one thing you like the most about your current rig? And then the alternative, what's the thing you dislike the most about your current rig?
3: Oh, gosh. The doors? I'm joking, but no, it's I like the separation. Yes. So when we had lived in a house, we had, we'll call them the wings, where the kids were on the other side.
2: Well, you had a ranch.
3: Ranch shop. We were, master on the one side, children's bedroom on the other. There yeah. was a family common area in the middle. Yeah. That's what I like about our setup, is that the children are in the back, there's a common area and a kitchen in the middle, and then us. Uh-huh. I mean, that's my favorite thing about that. And then again, there are doors between us, but there is privacy.
2: Yeah. And we have opposing slides, which I think is huge for anyone that may be shopping for an RV. Having your sofa slide and your kitchen slide go out from each other so you get a much bigger living area. I think that's huge. Cons, though? I don't know.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This may be one of those pauses you were talking about. Yeah, Um, I don't think that
2: there's anything I don't like about our rig. We're lightweight.
3: Yeah.
2: We have great suspension. Um, The
3: one... The only thing that I wish we had, which, based on us having a toy hauler and to be looked into, or that we currently don't have, is a bar or a bumper across the back that would enable mm. us to use, uh, what is it called? A, like a stabilizer bar to mm. maybe give us some a little bit more stability in the toy hauler.
2: Oh yeah, what is that called?
0: Like a trailer hitch?
2: No, no, no. You know, on like okay, so you know, like on a bunkhouse type rig, they have they have like those. They're not axles, but they go down from the ground. They're like an arm. Moride makes them.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's a it's almost it's like a ratchet strap stabilizer.
2: Kind of. Yeah. But, you know, a typical unit or rig that isn't a toy hauler has that back bumper and it like goes on that part. And since we have a toy hauler, our axles end in the middle and we have, you know, the power jacks that come down. Mm -hmm. But the gap between the rear wheel stabilizer and the gap back is a good six feet so they jump down off that bed or they walk around and it's it's shake city usa wow (laughs) so i would say that is a con we're not very stable in the rear
3: and kids kids do not know how to not jump
2: not at all
0: yeah good luck with that (laughs) you could look at there's a a product by valterra that's kind of goes underneath the floor. So if you can find a, a cross member or something, it's basically two pieces of aluminum that go at forty-five degree angles and they they wedge up in there. And then you tighten them down with a ratchet strap, and basically creates mm-hmm. a temporary support that you can put down once you're once you're unhooked. And huh. we've also used. I don't know if you have any of your side frame accessible, like your your the whole the ones the whole length of the RV. But what we do is we've got two by fours that go outside that frame and they just go down at a 45 degree angle and I put eye bolts in them. And again, a ratchet strap that goes underneath the rig and it basically just creates more triangles to add stability and it, it adds a ton of stability. So if you have access to the frames where you can, you know, wedge these between the frame and the ground at 45 degree angles on the outside, it really, it helps a lot.
2: That's good to know. Definitely be looking into that.
0: Yeah. I can I know a guy, I can send you a YouTube video about him. That he did some whole testing on RV <laughs> stabilization. So, what do you think has been the hardest part about traveling full time?
2: Oh, that's a loaded question. There's a lot. <laughs> you can give us the top
1: three. I also have a hard time, like, just picking one, not necessarily with this subject matter, but whenever someone says, Hey, give me just the one thing, I'm like, I only have
0: to give me a top it has <laughs> been difficult on the road.
2: I will say travel day.
0: And what Ooh. way? And
2: the unknown. The unknowns of the route, bridge clearance, road conditions, weather, making sure that the winds aren't too high because we are high profile, you know, making sure that we have our gas planned, snacks in the car. And if you think you have enough snacks, pack even more snacks and bathroom breaks. So travel day for me would be kind of one of the stressors. What would yours be?
3: I mean, I'd probably be in agreement with you because then I have to listen to all the arguments that go on in the back i would say i'm the driver regina's the navigator mm-hmm. hence why she schedules where we go i feel like a long what's that a a long hauler she just tells me i'm going from here to here and i tell her it's going to take us this amount of time but i don't know
2: i would also say weather
3: that's me. if the question goes to what's my repeat the quote, what's my least favorite thing about traveling
0: but just what's the hardest thing about living a traveling lifestyle?
3: The well, for me, with let's say our income dependent upon if I can work or not, is mm-hmm. the unknown networks that we may go into. True, mm. where will I have the internet strength to do what I need to do in a given day, mm-hmm. or is there a town close enough that I can make the concession to go to a restaurant, a library, which I've done many a times before mm-hmm. to be out of work now that would be my let's say my least favorite thing is that unknown not knowing if I go from one place to the other where we are currently I should be golden but it's not right I'm not I'm getting two out of five bars per right so I'm using both to make sure it happens but there have been other places where you're not going to have internet that's when I'm taking some days off of work that's. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing for me.
2: Okay, so we got travel day, weather. Huh. Or travel day and internet. And then I'm gonna say weather also.
3: Now we're dealing with so much wind in the west. I feel like on any given week, you just never know. Yeah. So I'll agree. maybe that's the second one. Is just having a plan around that where we've had to cut off a day to be able to move because the next two days were horrendous.
2: Oh yeah. Or
3: extend a day or two because- the We lo- had to The put. location we were going-
2: Was getting wasn't. bad weather, yeah.
3: Didn't really know about sandstorms
1: until we went west. So, <laughs> yes, gotta love hate the weather since we're all chasing that beautiful seventy degrees. Ideally, you said you're just a, you would do adjust for weather when you're like you know staying a day later or cutting off a day. What's your ideal, or what have you found to be a good amount of time in place versus you know how many travel days you're fitting in?
2: Oh, that that is the beauty of the squirrel life. We have booked places and supposed to be there for four days and fall in love. And I'll go up to the office and beg for them to let us stay longer. And sometimes they can accommodate that and we make it happen. We've had to move sites and that's totally fine. And there's been other times where we get somewhere and it's not working out. And the beauty is that we can just, you know, pack up and go and move on.
3: Take our house and leave.
2: Yeah. But I would say on average, I book us for hmm, a week but even at a week, that's that's a long time for us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Have you guys had any failures on the road? Any Ooh, horror many. stories?
3: Define failures. Yeah,
0: like, <laughs> define it as you will. In
3: our relationship, I mean, how deep are
2: we getting? <laughs>
0: Something that someone yeah. who's looking to get into this lifestyle would gain value from.
2: Like a lesson. Learned. I would say, lesson learned. Oh,
1: back to how you're <laughs> interpreting failures. <laughs>
3: No, and that's a joke because this is when I'm doing interviews for people. I'll ask them a question when, how you know, tell me about a time you lost your composure. And they think that means when you got angry. And I'm like, that's not, you could have gotten upset. Somebody could have made you cry. You know, you could have started laughing. Like, you know, what does that mean? Failure for me. I mean, we have worked through it so well. But let's put it this way. If we can get a pull through site, you know, that is the best thing. (laughs) However, if <laughs> Gina decides to get me a backing spot and she doesn't have the full blueprints of this place and tell me where the trash cans <laughs> and or trees may be, that is a...
2: Always book a yeah, through. <laughs> that is
3: a very fun relationship failure that could go left in any way, shape, or form uh-huh. to the point that our kids go, this isn't a backing spot. Yes. Is it? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. But no. i I think i'm good at. i say i'm good at what i do gina's good at what she does but it's the failures have become a success because she now knows what i want to hear and i know where she wants me to place the rig sounded horrible on that so that's i mean that's the biggest difficulty that had been a failure
2: i would yeah but i would say if you get a rig and you've never had one before so like when we bought our fifth wheel we've never driven a fifth wheel before. You know, Derek's never towed that. Sure. He towed the tongue trailer, but before that had never pulled anything. Mm -hmm. So we had to completely relearn how our rig moved. Like I went from, you know, Bob was our old one. You took it, you know, this to this point, start turning good, back it in. But with this rig and with a bigger truck, it was like, holy cow, this thing moves completely different. Mm -hmm. And having to learn that i wish we would have taken the time to go to a big parking lot and really practice with it before just you know loading up our life and hitting the road
1: <laughs> yeah have you uh booked a place without looking at them and then you get there and they are 90 degrees like who designs so, an, RV, yes. an rv park with 90 degree
2: angle driveways that happened to us in Clarebrook, one of the encore properties that was mm. the time that we moved five sites. Oh, were they all like 90 degrees? There was like a break. Yes, they were 90 degrees. They had tree limbs in the way. <laughs> they just weren't getting it through their head that we had a 14-foot rig. And we needed a big spot. And finally, after me begging, pleading, and crying, we got it figured out.
3: <laughs> we made it through that day. Our relationship has Our, never hey, been
2: stronger. We, we made it through that day. day.
3: It, and again, it wasn't for Gina's fault. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. It was them not sitting there with her and understanding this is what we have and we know what we have. That's mm-hmm. not going to work. But yeah, that was a fantastic experience. Or some places where you go where they want to protect their trash cans by building <laughs> barriers, bunkers or <laughs> barriers around them. Which
2: oh, And then you can't cut.
3: When you're trying to whip a long bed with 39 feet behind you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but. And again we've made videos about that where that's the funny thing. If you're an RVer, you know, it's funny watching people back. I mean, you know that you've done the exact same <laughs> thing and that's why it's fun. Yeah.
4: So, mm-hmm.
3: yeah. I mean, we laugh cause I'm going to probably do the same thing the next time we go. And yeah. it's just, yeah.
0: What is your current favorite destination?
2: Oh, okay. You want to do that one on the count of three? Cause I bet it's the same. Okay. Okay. Ready? One, two, three. Keys. Key. Oh,
3: oh! oh! <laughs>
4: oh wow
0: so we got bryce canyon in the
3: keys
2: yeah i would have
3: said the keys thinking she was gonna say bryce canyon (laughs) i'd
2: say that's my top two
3: yeah bryce canyon for let's say well those are two completely different
2: oh completely different utah and florida yeah
3: but yeah that's one of the places that we're gonna go back to next year when you asked how long you plan on doing this is to get back to the keys for an extended period of time we were there for two weeks and we just didn't feel like we did enough right and we even joked about the plan that we would have to make for groceries and Walmart oh runs gosh, and Target uh, runs that bi-weekly you're making that trip out. We'll go back to the mainland, you know, what's at Homestead, Florida, to get the stuff and just drive back
2: down. But
3: Bryce Canyon was beautiful too,
2: though. I'll give you that. So that's
3: actually fun. I would have said the keys, but I'm like, she's going to say Bryce Canyon. <laughs> those, are the, those are the two favorites.
1: What's the craziest thing you've ever seen or experienced while traveling? Oh, geez. You want, like, horror
3: stories or, like, you know, funny stories? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, gosh. Well, Gina won't like talking about it because it it definitely freaked her out. But when we were driving from Phoenix to Williams, Arizona for the Grand Canyon,
4: (gasps) we got on an exit.
3: At the same time, a A a big RV pulling a A a Jeep. Now, I'm one of those where I'll get there when I get there because I don't want to blow all my diesel and, like, you know, one acceleration. But. This individual took off, you know, fast forward 20 minutes, clouded dust up, up front. Everybody, you know, thinking, oh, maybe a sandstorm. And that was the RV and the Jeep on its side that had oh. probably either overcompensated or whatnot for that dust devil or sandstorm, whatever you would call it, and went down. Yeah. Oh. So that's when you say, what's the craziest thing? That's the craziest thing I've seen mm-hmm. because they got on at the same time. So it was like I
2: got super emotional over that one because I told him I was like, "Oh my gosh, what if like we were five minutes earlier on the road? That could have been us on our side, you know?" Mm -hmm. You go into that "what if" world. So,
3: so that'd be the craziest I've seen as far as a horror story is concerned.
2: Yeah, something bad that was awful. The
3: other crazy things I've seen comically are having, I'd say we have a nice rig and seeing other nice rigs, and then just seeing that. What's the old term? Like a jalopy of a thing roll in there? <laughs> and you're wondering how this thing is still together. Yeah. I want to say that was in Peace River. We saw some comical contractions. No,
2: no, the one in Vegas that was a tiny home. But it was like, oh, yeah, I'll it, it was that. all shingles. We have seen some really unique homes out on the road. I will put it that way. And it, it's...
3: Borderline, I don't know if it's legal yes. to be on the road. <laughs> but you know
2: what? That's right. the definition of their home. And that's what they want to do. Oh, I'm not judging
3: with. that, but I'm yeah. just... I don't know how it moves or how they can deal with wind or rain or snow or
2: snow. Oh my gosh, no, Saddlebrook. Saddlebrook, Texas, y'all. You have to put this on your list. (laughs) There is a middle of nowhere, and I mean middle of nowhere. What are those things that go in the the dirt? The tumbleweeds? Campground. It's $20 in a box, full hookups, all pull-through sites, but there's a restaurant, and the owner, Angie, is hysterical. You guys, you have to Google this one. You don't have to put this in the podcast, but I mean, she's amazing. And it is literally in the middle of nowhere. And we met some friends there, went and had the best steak dinner of our lives. And we were the only five people in this restaurant. And there was a bar attached where you can, um, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Live a very eclectic life in the middle of nowhere, Texas.
0: I think you're going to have to be a bit more explicit. I'm not picking up the eclectic.
2: It was literally like I well, don't even is, know. Okay, this is,
3: this is where you get the pause in. You may or may not put this in. Yeah. But this the, the owner. Enti- the was, entire
2: bar was decked out in Trump memorabilia. You could have dinner with Trump at a table with his poster, <gasps> like like a Life Size yeah. cutout. Yeah. Yes.
3: Okay. Yes. She may or may not have had knives behind the bar. No machetes. Yeah, I say knives is <laughs> an understatement that were (laughs) rump knives. And I'm thinking, you know, (laughs) is this something you'd actually use? Because if you did, I think it'd be really easy to know who did it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And again, nicest woman I've probably ever met. Ever. But no filter. None. No filter to the part. Am I at a comedy show or is this real life? Yeah. Because, but yeah, it was, but again, middle of nowhere, they've got, you know, I guess the crowd
2: was interesting like
3: super <laughs> what's that blue cod, i mean there were working people coming in yeah and then you had our five and then our friends and our friends kids, with so, their two kids yeah so yeah the only nine people you're eating off of paper plates, but again, best steak and <laughs> potatoes I think I've had in a very long time. Let's
2: nice. just say that cow definitely just came out of the field.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what the machetes are for.
2: Well, hey, you might be right.
1: Oh, and then they,
3: <laughs> they had another separate room that was like a ballroom that had little power wheels in it and video games and a disco ball. Like, <laughs> I just don't know how they feel this or where these people are coming from because you were in the middle of nowhere so mm. unless the entire town came to this bar on one night
4: that's true that actually i could just
3: be... i just don't know how they have an income i mean i still to this day am question how are they still open i i just don't this is again yeah that's this keeps me up in my i'm not kidding
2: if okay.
1: you look this place up or ever visit here, you will think the exact same you thing. You will. you we'll have, have, have to look it up, guys. I'll we'll have to yeah. look it up. And if we end up going there, we'll have to do like a FaceTime. You were not kidding. Because it's, it's,
3: really it only takes nine days to drive through Texas. So, of course, I you got to stop by.
4: Right.
1: So, definitely what, some of the craziest things you've seen. But what is one of the favorite memories that this traveling lifestyle has made possible? So, just favorite memory... A memory. A memory sorry. Good memory. A great memory that, you know, that wouldn't have happened if you had to embrace this full time traveling.
3: Very loaded question because it's hard to encapsulate into one.
2: I I think I could make it very vague. I'd say like a favorite memory would would be just the experiences that the kids are getting that aren't something that we could have made in our previous lifestyle. You know, being able to go to Utah and spend five weeks. And honestly, I thought the whole entire time they were going to be like, oh, my gosh, this is just a bunch of red rock. But each new park that we went to and each new trail that we did, they found so much excitement and joy in it that it brought me even more excitement and joy. And then in Bryce Canyon, I, I told Derek, hey, I'm going to go and do a sunrise over the canyon tomorrow. Is it OK if I, you know, just kind of go by myself? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. Go have that moment. And Antonella overheard me talking to him and was like, but mom, I want to go. And I was like, babe, you know, I'm I'm going to be leaving here at like six o'clock in the morning and it's only going to be 23 degrees. You have to put on your snowsuit and all that. And selfishly, I wanted to have that moment by myself, but she talked me into it and we put on how many layers of clothes. And just the two of us went and had that beautiful moment in Bryce Canyon watching the sun come up over the, the edge. And I was just blown away by the beauty of it, but her getting her camera out and snapping the same photos I was. And Making that memory with her would probably be very sentimental for me because I don't know that you would get up at home in your sticks and bricks and watch the sunrise. I
3: wouldn't.
0: <laughs> yeah, we definitely can. And it's cool that you had that memory with her. We know as parents of multiples ourselves that sometimes because everyone's at the same age and stage, oftentimes they're into the same things. And so sometimes it's really difficult to get one on one time with a parent and a kid or two yeah so that's really cool that you have that that memory and that opportunity all right so a few rapid fire questions to wrap up here do you guys have a current favorite piece of gear could be home related could be rv related could be truck related
2: oh blackstone sure i would say the blackstone has been a a saving grace
0: nice what about something that was a waste of money or a waste (laughs) of space
2: I don't know. I feel like since we part-timed, we kind of worked out all those kinks of what we needed and not needed.
1: What was okay. one of the things that you offloaded in the beginning?
2: I would say clothing. You don't need that much. <laughs> Definitely tear down.
3: You have a large closet in a house for clothes that you may wear once a year. Yeah. But to go down to, I don't know the exact number, but five t-shirts, three long-sleeve shirts, a sweatshirt, and a jacket, you'll make do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you need it, you'll buy it. If you don't need it, then why do you have it? Mm-hmm. So I, we say a waste of money. It was a great, maybe a waste of space is probably a better question for me on this one. Is we had a inflatable mattress that opens up by itself in our house. We decided to bring it with us in case someone decided to come visit us needed somewhere to stay. Hasn't been used in six months. It's just sitting up in the mid bunk. Hasn't been used in six months. Yeah. yeah. So I'd say that's not so much a waste of purchase, more so a that could have stayed in the storage unit. So <laughs> right. I travel around the US with a bed that may never be open. But the moment I get rid of it, I promise you her mom will want to come in. I am telling you now.
1: You know what? You said it's being stored on a mid
2: bunk, right? Like you know, the bunk the bunk above the the Toy hauler garage.
4: mm Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Which right now is a glorified that
4: app. That
2: could be her bed. Oh, my God. I could yeah. totally see Mimi making that climb up there. <laughs>
0: Just turn the camera creepy. on before she goes up there.
2: Because
0: she might not I know, come right? down.
2: Uh, right. Do you guys have any favorite travel apps? RV Parky. Gas Buddy.
1: Someone you use for
2: the mileage. Oh, that's RV Parky. That yeah. I would say those are my top two. I live nice. in those. Yeah. Awesome.
0: And then are you guys documenting your travels anywhere online? And if so, where's the best place for folks to connect with you?
2: Absolutely. You can come and watch the absolute chaos over at Weeb Trippin on Instagram and then we be trippin' on TikTok. If you want a little bit more of me and my husband, I would say that we are pretty goofy over there and you can see our true selves. I think I pride myself on keeping our social media as pretty realistic. There's there's no filters or fluff on our end.
0: Nice. Nice. Cool. That we have had some awesome answers to these questions and I think speaking to you guys has got a lot of good insight to folks who are wanting to jump into traveling lifestyle so Regina and Derek thank you for taking the time to be with us and I'm gonna restart that because Anda doesn't finish a sentence
1: no it doesn't I was <laughs> like he's looking at me like I don't know what you want me to say <laughs> uh, we have obviously not come up with like a really smooth sign off yet so no.
2: No, but hey, Joshua, before you cut it off, I do want to say for anybody that would be considering this lifestyle, that you kind of have to go all in. It can't kind of be like this half effort. You really have to commit to it and make the decision that, you know, for us personally, it was full-time travel. So we wanted to make sure that we were constantly moving and constantly changing environments and getting out there and traveling the U.S. and committing to that. If you you know, kind of get scared or standoffish or think what's going to go wrong. I think you're going to set yourself up for failure, but if you commit to it, it's a beautiful life.
0: Most definitely. That's, that's good advice because you can only plan so much until you actually get in the trenches and figure it out. Exactly. Awesome. Regina and Derek, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. We uh, will see you on the road.
2: Thanks for having us. Thank you. We'll see you soon.
0: We hope you found the interview insightful and encourage you to join us on the next episode of Traveling Families.
1: If you want to connect with the traveling community, please head over to travelingfamilies.co to find links to the Facebook group and all of our social media platforms.
0: Check out the show notes for all the guest links. And if you're interested in seeing what gear other traveling families recommend, we add these items to our Amazon storefront after each episode.
1: Until next time.
0: Whether for a day or a lifetime.
1: Get out there and travel with your family.